Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Come to Your Senses. Thank you all so much for your messages and affirmation after last week's non-episode episode, which was called Teats on Ice Week. I shared in last week's two-minute explanation that after doing many creative ventures over the month of December and January, my teats were tapped. My creative teats were just chapped and tapped. And so we took a week off, and here we are again, rested and ready to rock. And today, what we're going to talk about is less worry, more love. So when I start working with a client, or really when I talk to any human ever, I feel like what is really at the heart of what we all want is the freedom to be. And worrying is a way to create static between oneself and the vulnerability of the present moment. It's also a way in which we stay hooked into grind culture and white supremacy and toxic capitalism and all other oppressive forces. I could name two handfuls, but we'll start with those that keep us in a state of not enoughness. And lately I've been observing my own worries and what I worry about and finding some really interesting gems in that particular pouch and discovering that many of my worries are not actually my worries. They are worries that have been generated from living in a culture that 
separates us from one another and separates us from ourselves. So my friends, while I don't have the solution exactly, what I do have is the next best thing to the solution. And in some cases, even better than a solution, which is better, deeper questions. In today's episode, the gems that I'm going to share with you are once again, not necessarily tips to worry less, although there will be some methods that have worked for me, but it's more questions to get to the heart of the matter and to help do the only thing we really can do, which is not stop the shit storm of life, but instead reduce how much we suffer inside that shitstorm. So we're going to dive right into our gems today. And the first gem, the first question I would invite you to ask yourself around worry is to take a moment to reflect. How much of your time do you feel like you spend in worry? And another question is, what are the things that you find yourself worrying about? And the object here is not to shame or blame or analyze, but it is to simply allow that part that is already scared and gripping on to have a curious, open, safe space to be heard. And so in my work, one of the things we talk about a lot is the sacred witness, that part of us that can watch and listen and observe and be with without needing to fix or criticize or analyze or correct. And so I encourage you, the first practice I might invite is to regard that part of you that is in worry through the lens of that sacred witness. If there's something that you wish to change about yourself or your life, where it all begins is by holding that thing in an open palm. You know, one of the things that I work with clients on often is the tail chasing pattern of resistance, where there's something that a client wants to change about their life or about their behavior, about the way they think or see themselves. And so they go on like a crusade (laughs) to shift it and change it. And all of that tension that is already happening in the thing that they want to shift and change now only grips on harder because it's being met by a crusader. Whereas that part, in this case, your worry, what if that part was just life force asking for expression? What if that part was just a vital part of your system of intelligence? And, you know, I want to name here that there's a big difference between worry and anxiety. And we all kind of come to that difference, I think, differently. 
For me, worry feels like that nagging, persistent, dark cloud. I feel it in like the upper right-hand corner of my mind. And it's just basically shooting off an alarm bell that I'm going to die alone. (laughs) And everything I do is just leading me closer to that reality. And, you know, it's that part of me that is part of my survival system that knows that the more I belong and the more pack animals there are around me, the safer I will stay physically, emotionally, mentally, and all the like. And how I experience anxiety is a bit different. And that's where there's intrusive thoughts, intrusive images, interruption of my sleep, inability to show up the way that I want to in relationships. And I want to just name some of those differences because if you are suffering from anxiety, sometimes doing methods to try to reduce your anxiety can help. And sometimes it can make it worse because you're just trying to self-will a solution when the solution actually might be to surrender that this is bigger than you and needs some professional intervention. And I encourage you to hold your experience up to the light and find what feels true for you. And so once you have a little bit of a better sense of the particular animal that you're working with when it comes to your worry, another question to drop in to go a little bit deeper than the surface is, what is it that I'm really afraid of? So I shared about this just a moment ago, but a exercise that I'll do with clients is a series of whys. And when there's something bothering them or that they want to shift or that they want to change, it's like, we just keep asking, well, what's the fear behind that? Well, what's the fear behind that? And what it almost always comes down to is this fear of being abandoned, fear of being rejected, fear of being alone. And I want to just give us a commercial break here (laughs) brought to you by the founders and scientists behind attachment theory, because you might think to yourself, God, what am I, a teenager? I'm just walking around with this fear of what people think of me. And once again, it's like that (laughs) meeting the fearful thought with another fearful dominating thought. And if we just pause to tune in with that deeper worry, which often focuses around fear that we won't get what we want or fear that we'll lose what we have. I encourage you to consider that while you are a marvelously adaptable, sophisticatedly intelligent human being, you are also a pack animal. And for pack animals like us, Our safety comes in numbers. Our safety comes in being embraced by the pack. And so that primal part that is afraid of rejection 
Also, I want to note that it's completely normal to be afraid of rejection, even if it's somebody you don't like, (laughs) even if it's a group or a uh, person that you don't even want to be accepted by or care if you're accepted by. You know, I noticed this and, and experienced this around my body and this deep, deep knowing in my heart and this deep commitment to fighting against oppressive systems like fat phobia and ageism and ableism and white supremacy, transphobia, all of which disavow and separate us from our body. And yet I consider a breast lift. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, you know, it's totally normal, I think, to want both to divest from the systems of power that keep us disempowered and also this primal need and desire for belonging, particularly by those in power. And that brings us to the next gem or the next question, which is, can I be with what is here? So when fear and worry and anxiety comes up, you've probably heard the suggestion of feel your feelings, got to feel it to heal it, which is very true. But you can hear in my voice that there's a very different approach when we come from feeling it with an agenda to get it to go away or in order to analyze it so that we can separate ourselves from it further, which once again only makes it cling on harder. There's a difference between those two and being able to be with the tender, terrified part of you that is showing up as frantic worry. You know, similarly to the Tootsie Pop of our worries, how there's the hard candy shell exterior of whatever our surface worries in their day-to-day are. And then there's the soft, dark, moist, (laughs) chewy, dense center, which is fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, you know, whatever. Similarly, when we take that worry It might seem like a hyena with its hair on its neck standing up, baring its teeth, but on the inside is often a very scared, very tender, very hurt young one. And there's nothing wrong with analysis. Believe me, I love a good analysis. I mean, I kind of made a career out of it. But analysis can also be a tactic to avoid the tenderness and the vulnerability of feeling the actual feeling. And that brings us to our next gem. Gems are going a bit sequentially here. So the first gem is around asking yourself, what am I really afraid of? 
The second is how can I be with instead of analyze or fix this part of myself? And the third is to give yourself the permission to keep it so simple. And so you might notice that worry is often very complex in what it's worried about. And it's also very complex in what the solution might be when really the antidote to worry is the ability to be here in the present moment, which is really quite simple. And recently I was going through a difficult bout of anxiety and I was at the grocery store and I was in such deep analysis paralysis about what to buy. And this is where worry can sneak in the back door as the helpful perfectionist, (laughs) you know, who uh, wants to micromanage every event in an effort to fix what's going on, but only leads to more worry. And so in that moment, what keeping it simple looked like for me is buying prepared foods that to my somewhat orthorexic health obsessed inner perfectionist is horrifying because for her it's whole foods or nothing. But in that moment, it was like I was giving so much energy to just trying to survive when I was going through a difficult mental health experience. And so it was so helpful to just come home with things I actually both wanted to eat and could rely on the idea that I could eat them in the sense that, you know, when I go into difficult mental health times, the first thing to go out the window is cooking. And so having prepared and packaged foods while my inner perfectionist rolls her eyes and crosses her arms is just living in reality of the moment. And it's keeping it so simple. And so if you need someone to sit on your shoulder and give you permission to keep it so simple, I am your girl. Keeping in that line, another thing that I'll do sometimes when I'm in a state of worry, or I notice myself being run by anxious thoughts is to just simply draw a circle on a page and I'll write the title of what I'm worried about at the top of the page. And on the inside of the circle, I'll write all of the things I can control about that situation, which is often not much you know, and often is just related to how I take care of myself, you know, because I can't control people, places or things, but I can control my relationship to myself and my willingness to ask for help and all of those other things and my willingness to take brave action. And then on the outside, I write all of the things that I can, can't control. And this can be really helpful because the mind is this great filing cabinet, kind of like 
a disorganized accountant where the drawers are just bursting at the seams and it's trying to keep track of all these different things at once. And that line between what you can and can't control can get blurred. And so by seeing it on a page clearly marked by the boundaries of a circle, it really can help that anxious, worrying mind get clear about how to successfully invest your energy in a place that's going to matter. You know, something I notice when I do this exercise is my brain goes, oh, it's so simple, you know, and I've been wasting all of my time and energy and thoughts on stuff I can't control when the actual solution is something totally different. And it's a real turn of the dial in terms of where I put my energy, which really relieves my worry. And the last gem on worrying less is another question. Who would I be without this worry? Recently, I was talking to a friend of mine who's also single, and we were talking about this fear of being alone forever. And she shared with me that a coach had invited her to live her life as if she's going to be alone forever. And I was like, wow, so interesting that when she shared that with me, I felt so much relief in my body. And I started living, like I started going out dancing and I would go on these beautiful dates with my girlfriends and I was just having so much fun because in my mind's eye, the worst had already happened. And so all of that time and space that was spent worrying could now be invested in what I actually wanted my life to be. It lasted a solid two weeks. (laughs) I can't say it's been the long-term solution, but as I'm talking about it with you now, I even feel better just talking about it, just having that memory of that time. And so I'm going to practice that a bit more this week. And so my loves, thank you so much for listening. That rounds out our gems for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. It means so much to me to read your reviews, and that particular trifecta helps us share the podcast with as many listeners as possible. And so I'm so grateful for your ratings, your reviews, your stars. Thank you so much. And thank you for being a listener. We'll see you next week. For coaching, classes, and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free video series on how to reduce anxiety and intercept the stress response 
through powerful, confident body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to watch your first video today.